Hello, it's 12th of January 2020 and this is episode 129 of Scavenger's Horde, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kirsty. We're here to deliver a regular rundown of Star's news, analysis and commentary, with a focus on the sequel trilogy and the future of the series. And how has your week in Star Wars been, Rachel? About half of it was spent editing the last episode of this podcast. <laughs> it was all worth it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was totally worth it. Um, like, it was obviously a beast to edit because it was four hours long. Um, but yeah, it, it feels so rewarding to see everyone's responses to that episode. And it, it seems like people found it really helpful and cathartic for the most part. So I'm really glad about that. And yeah, it makes all that blood, sweat and tears that we both poured into it um, feel completely worthwhile. So yeah, how about you, Kirsty? What have you been up to this week? I've been thinking about Rose Tico a lot and the delightful Kelly Marie Trad. So my week in Star Wars has been good because in a post-trust landscape, I've been focusing on a character who makes me really happy and means a lot to me. So I'm really excited to talk about her. Yeah. No, suffice to say that Kirsty has written the notes for this week's episode, and I'm very grateful to her for doing so. She's done a bang-up job, as we say. Well, like you say, you were doing an amazing job during the editing for the last episode, <laughs> so... Yeah, no, exactly. Like, it was all just about sharing the load, essentially. So I definitely have lots of Rose thoughts, because I also love the character. But yeah, in the interests of being equitable, Kirsty took on that burden. Like, which is not a burden, because Rose is a lovely <laughs> character, and it's a pleasure to write about her. And we also got lots of lovely submissions from our listeners. So, yeah, we're really excited to talk about Rose Tico. Um, obviously, this episode is kind of a reaction to how that character is used, or not really used, <laughs> in The Rise of Skywalker. So we obviously want to acknowledge that we have that movie and Rose is clearly heavily underutilised in that movie. But we do really want to keep this episode positive for the most part. So we're going to talk largely about her characterization in The Last Jedi and her journey there. We will also talk about some of the nice moments with the character in The Rise of Skywalker. But yeah, we're going to try and suppress that saltiness a bit. Because yeah, we think everyone needs a nice dose of positivity right now. Um, Would you say that's fair, Kirsty? Yeah, um, we decided to do this episode because we were so frustrated and disappointed with what happened with Rose and the choices they made for that character in The Rise of Skywalker. But it's because we love her so much and we were so excited to see where the rest of her story was going to go. Yeah. Um, So we're going to try and focus on the things that we do love about what they've done with this character in the sequel trilogy. And that kind of comes back to Ryan's conceptualizing of her and the development and the casting of Kelly Marie Tran, which we're so grateful for because... She's an absolute delight, and I can't wait to see where the rest of her career is going to go. Um, and yeah, just kind of thinking, I mean, we again, like you say, we don't want to gloss over what's happened with The Rise of Skywalker, because I think that's really important, especially to women of colour in this fandom. Mm. Um, but I was just thinking, I was watching some of the interviews that Kelly had been part of during the lead up to The Rise of Skywalker, and... Uh, my first thought was I kind of can't believe that they even had her out there promoting this as if she was being positioned as a main character Mm. Um, but she was doing such an amazing job speaking to the themes of this movie and the themes of Star Wars in general and she seemed so excited Uh, all of her outfits were absolutely on point she looked stunning the whole time yeah Um, so we're just going to try and focus on what we love which is what Rose is all about anyway so 
Exactly, that's very well stated. So yeah, like, do you want to maybe go into some of the conceptualization of the character and how she came about? Because obviously she was introduced by Ryan Johnson in The Last Jedi as this sort of foil to Finn's character and a companion for him on his journey. Well, she still obviously has her own journey and she's marked out in various unique ways. She is there as a compliment to Finn, like, but not exclusively so. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so when Ryan was kind of putting together the story and thinking about where the characters would go and how he would pair them up for their various arcs, um, I've got a quote here from the art of The Last Jedi book. Uh, he says, Poe originally went on the journey with Finn to Canto Bight, and it was so boring. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was just these two dudes on an adventure. I knew something was wrong when I looked at their dialogue and realised that I could interchange any of the lines. There wasn't a conflict between them. So I realised I had to come up with something else. Finn needing somebody else to go with who would actually challenge him and push him and contrast with him was where Rose came from. Ultimately, it's almost as if Rose is the angel on Finn's shoulder and DJ is the devil on his shoulder. Those characters, to a certain extent, serve Finn's arc in the same way that Amalyn, Holdo and Leia serve Poe's arc, in the same way that Kylo and Luke serve Rey's arc. There are these little triangles set up, the three triangles the whole thing is built on. Yeah. No, and I really love that aspect of The Last Jedi because you can tell that Ryan gave so much thought and attention to what each of these characters needed to develop and grow. Because, yeah, like, I think you can see in The Rise of Skywalker that when you do just have those scenes with Finn and Poe, like, it is kind of samey, the dialogue that Finn and Poe get. And it is exactly as Ryan said, where you don't really have that differentiation between the characters and they're not really pushing each other towards anything, you know, so you don't see much tangible growth. Whereas with Rose, it's the opposite from that because, yeah, she does have this deep sense of morality and this very personal experience of being displaced by the actions of the First Order. So she's able to provide that perspective to Finn that he lacks himself and she really helps him develop his commitment to the Resistance in a way that he wouldn't have been able to in the same way otherwise exactly i think the last jedi in general and ryan's quote here speaks to that is so well structured um and he clearly thought about where all of these main characters would go in terms of their arcs and the foils that he could set up to really compliment them and push them through that mm. um so i was thinking about the teaser poster for the last jedi where you have ray looking up and then above her are the faces of kylo and luke and you could have almost a different version of that poster with Finn in the middle and then Rose and DJ on either side. Yeah. Um, and I, I think DJ is a well-conceptualized and developed character too. I think Benicio Del Toro does an amazing job with that performance, but Rose even more so. And I think Ryan did a really great job thinking about the exact kind of backstory and characterization that Rose could have to help Finn kind of expand his worldview and make the choice to really devote his life to that cause. Um, and the journey that Rose goes on herself through The Last Jedi is it's a journey in its own right. Um, if you think about where we first meet her and the introduction of her character, her sister Paige um, and kind of where she's at by the end and how she's relating and understanding to Finn in a different way, um, I think her arc is amazingly realised as well. Yeah. So, yeah, this character's come to mean a great deal to people and I think Ryan recognises that as well. Yeah, no, which is so wonderful. 
So I think that opening sequence in The Last Jedi where you do get that story of Paige and her sacrifice and what she puts on the line for the resistance and the greater good, that's so immensely powerful. And immediately after, it's about saying something about Poe and the costs of his decisions and his risk-taking. But then later on, when we find Rose for the first time and we see her sobbing and grieving her sister, then we understand this very like micro level personal cost to that loss you know it's not just this abstract concept anymore it's this young woman who's lost her sister who was the only person she had left really um because yeah you have this great quote here Kirsty, from kelly on the rise of skywalker press tour where she said her whole backstory about her parents being from this war-torn planet and her and her sister being the only survivors. I think that's definitely my parents' story. My parents are both war refugees from Vietnam, had to leave their country and come to a new one, didn't have their parents with them, didn't see their parents for 20 plus years. So it's very much entrenched in my family and my family's history. And yeah, I just think it's so brilliant how Ryan and Bed saw these realities and these truths in the like backstory of the character and her starting point in the film because it really makes you feel it that much more. Yeah, I think that level of depth and richness to the character and how seamlessly she's integrated into the themes of The Last Jedi um, has made her iconic, really, in the space of one movie. Yeah. Um, So many of her quotes are just kind of iconic and so integral to how a lot of us think about Star Wars now. We're constantly referencing them. Uh, Rose really kind of symbolizes Star Wars for lots of us in many ways. And she really does feel very relatable on all of these different levels. Like I know for women of color, she's become hugely important for obvious reasons. Uh, For me personally, I really connect to Rose because I love the fact that we finally have this sister and sister relationship in Star Wars now. Um, sounds kind of silly but we didn't have that before and as someone with sisters who I'm very close to that really spoke to me yeah Um, and we never really see them interact in the movie we have a book before that kind of explores our relationship more but even though we barely see Paige speak but she's such a fully realized character Ryan did such an amazing job with that Veronica Noe had an incredible performance that you really connect to it and when you meet Rose like you said we see her grieving um she's in this really vulnerable place and it just feels so real and relatable yeah um i have another quote here from ryan as he was developing rose he said when i wrote that character of rose she was genuinely a nerd like someone who i would have actually hung out with in high school she felt like a character who didn't belong in a star wars movie and it appealed to me Uh, He said that in the Director and the Jedi documentary, which is an amazing documentary. If no one's seen it, please go and watch it. Yeah, I I think that kind of sums it up, that she feels like someone who doesn't belong in Star Wars, but then over the course of the movie, she becomes Star Wars. Um, She is like all of us. She's relatable in that way, every woman. So I think they really did a great job on that. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't have like any magical powers. She doesn't have any special lineage. Um, but she's still critical to the story and she still like takes all these decisive actions that propel the plot forward and that really like deepen like the other characters experiences and also she goes on her own like journey 
like which is really a journey about self-belief and recognizing your own potential and your own power to be able to make a difference because she obviously was making a difference where she was at the start of the film just as this mechanic like working for the resistance that was obviously important but then as she gets really involved in this critical mission and in helping Finn and ultimately trying to save the resistance from the brink of destruction she's able to make a really critical impact by saving Finn's life and yeah like it's just really nice to see her have that own journey like have her own journey sketched out like that because yeah I think it's very easy to insert a supporting character like Rose and not really give her her own trajectory you know so it's another one of the really cool things that Ryan did in like in that he made sure she did have that personal development as well as like awakening Finn's moral conscience so to speak Definitely. And I think he did it in really subtle but effective ways, like the use of the Hazian smelt necklaces for her and Paige. Yes. Uh, Such fantastic props to symbolize their sisterly connection and throughout the movie. Whenever she touches it, you know that's what she's thinking about. Um, When she has to trade it for for getting onto the Star Destroyer, you feel the weight of that sacrifice. Yeah. Um, And just like speaking in general of Aside from the relatability of her as an every woman who's kind of down in the trenches every day, just getting the job done, because we've all been there. I love her combination of tenderness and anger. It's really nuanced, and you don't always see that with female characters. Yes. Um, They really allow her to be vulnerable. We meet her in that stage of immense grief. Yeah, And she's just allowed all of these facets of emotion. Um, And Kelly conveys that really well. Um. I, I just really appreciate that because, yeah, like I said, you don't always get that with female characters in Star Wars. So, Yeah, exactly. And she's often portrayed as a sort of moral compass. So she often, she has this really clearly defined sense of right and wrong that isn't so well developed in Finn. And I like that that's presented as this good, noble thing, you know, because in another movie that would have been presented as her being like, bossy or it would have been shown in a negative light essentially but you can tell there's just this real respect for the character and everything that she represents yeah which is really beautiful yeah and you can see how her immense grief in that moment is kind of shaping her interactions with Finn and then as she processes that loss over the course of the movie she comes to understand and care for Finn she realizes that she can't lose someone else the way that she lost Paige in that act of sacrifice so it's like a turning point for her just as much as it is for Finn's arc yeah um and like you say i just i really appreciate that she she could have just been there to support his arc but ryan and kelly really put in the effort to make her a meaningful character in her own right and it shows in the level of love that people have for this character yeah exactly and i love all the little touches they give to her you know that give her a sense of personality and a sense of her having preferences you know like i love the fact that she loves the horses for example you know just her joy (laughs) at seeing those horses for for the first time that's just a real testament to kelly's charisma and talent i think because she just sells you on that you know it's like oh my god i just love it that's a smile that can totally light up a room one of my favorite things about rose is how much she loves animals if anyone has read spark of the resistance i love this detail so much she actually names all of the porgs that are on the millennium falcon 
at the end of The Last Jedi. Oh, wow, that's amazing. That detail alone makes me want to read Spark of the Resistance. <laughs> so if people want to know, three of the Porgs are called Dita, Tessaly, and Jord. So <laughs> that's very cute. And yeah, she she there's a moment where she's like not thinking and she's talking to the poor called Dita and Ray's like, wait, what? And she's like, oh, and she gets really embarrassed. She blushes, like, yeah, I gave them all names. Oh, that's amazing. I guess um, Ray's upbringing was a bit too mercenary for that. If she saw an animal, she'd probably just instantly kill it and eat it. Ray seems to connect more with droids. Yes, so this different is true. strokes for different folks. <laughs> Not so much organic life forms. Well, I think for for Rose, if I'm thinking about her backstory, I think it's more explored in Cobalt Squadron. Her and uh, Paige are talking about how the planet that they come from, Hayes Minor, uh, doesn't really have any wildlife. Mm. So when they join the Resistance and they're able to go to all of these different planets and see birds and creatures, like that is such a huge deal for them. And they'd heard about Favia's and had a dream of riding them together. So when she gets to do that in Canto Bite, it adds an extra layer to that because that's something that her and Paige wanted to do together one day. Yeah, which is really nice. And I'm looking forward to hopefully more stories exploring Rose and yeah, furthering her journey in the books and stuff. Um, Because yeah, I do think there's lots of potential to be explored in that character. And obviously now that everything's wrapped up, I want to see like what does her life look like in this new political landscape you know after the war is over what is she going to do with herself do you like have any had head cannons for where rose might go <laughs> basically there's so, there's so much potential and there are so many great ideas already explored out there in fanfic mm. i guess it depends i mean if you think about where the last that last movie ends it's hard to know because we don't see like a new new republic being restored or anything <laughs> yeah exactly political landscape what political landscape <laughs> But yeah, like, who knows? Rose could end up being chancellor or a senator or anything. Or she could open a... She could have a wildlife sanctuary, you know? Like, she has <laughs> yes. all of these different interests and causes. Um, that's what I appreciate about Rose. She's not just about the politics, even though she devoted her life to it. She has these personal interests that really mean a great deal to her. Yeah. So she could... Rose could do anything. She could conquer the world. Yeah. No, exactly. She's a great character. And yeah, she also has that beautiful theme that John Williams gave her, which is easily one of the best themes in the sequel trilogy, in my opinion, is right up there with Ray's theme and stuff. It's just so beautiful and melodic and memorable. Yeah, I don't know if it's named Rose's theme, but it's clearly connected to her. We hear it throughout The Last Jedi. Unfortunately, I don't think it's in the Rise of Skywalker soundtrack. At least I haven't heard it. Yeah. Um, But in The Last Jedi, it's throughout. It's when we first meet her. Um, all of these different moments where things kind of slow down a little and then you get these different variations as well like in Canto Bite where they're on the Favia chase it has this like real amped up feel to it yeah Um, and our friend Christy who we had on the show well I guess it was quite a while ago now when The Last Jedi first came out but she she came on to talk to us about Rose's theme and its connection to Beethoven's Ode to Joy Um, she's written an essay on it as well which I'll link to um, when the episode comes out but um, basically, she has a lot of interesting observations about the connection to Ode to Joy and what that means um, for Rose as a political character and what she stands for morally. So there are all of these interesting connections that I think John Williams must have made consciously about the ideas of political freedom and that resilience of spirit. And you can feel it in the optimism of that theme, I think. Yeah, it was just the perfect music for Rose's character, I think. And 
Yeah, again, it just shows how critical and important she is that she was given her own theme in The Last Jedi. You know, this is not a side character. She's very central and she's so important to defining the themes and ideas that Ryan was trying to express with his movie. And yeah, I just think that can't be stated enough because the character obviously gets short shrift sometimes and it's a shame because, yeah, she's a very critical part of the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Rose's look, I actually, I I really love her The Last Jedi look. The only thing that I wish was a little different, and maybe other people feel differently, um, but if you look at the book of the art of The Last Jedi, um, they talk about the contrast between her kind of mustard yellow jumpsuit, what she starts out with. Um, Michael Kaplan says, when we were figuring out Rose's outfit, we didn't even know who the actress was but we knew it was going to be a basic coverall. Ryan wanted it to be pretty shapeless, something that a man or woman could wear, but it's in her character. She's not someone that has to look good for work. Rose is a no-nonsense character. She just plugs along and she's spunky, so it does work. They decided to keep her in that outfit throughout the whole Canto Bite situation. Um, And the reason he says that is because initially they were considering both her and Finn to have an outfit change during Canto Bite. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the art of book. Yeah, so it's kind of a what could have been, and I do wish that it was that way, but um, they must have changed it to kind of streamline things a little bit. Um, he, he goes on to say, there was supposed to be a scene where Rose and Finn broke into a shop window when they got to Canto Bite. She put on a gown and he put on a futuristic tuxedo. So that was going to be a reveal for Rose, going from this frumpy dumpy coverall to a beautiful gown, which never happened. And there's some amazing concept art of them in these formal outfits and they look gorgeous together. And knowing how amazing Kelly dresses when she's on the red carpet it is, to me, it's kind of a lost opportunity. But I know for other fans, it's kind of notable and important to them that um, Rose stays in that outfit because she's not super glamorous. And that yeah. says something too. And didn't they say that in the end they wanted to make her appearing in that First Order uniform, that moment where Finn sees her differently? Because obviously... It's not a super glamorous or a posh evening gown, but it is quite form-fitting and it does frame her in a different light from how the coveralls did. So, yeah, I can kind of see that, although I would have vastly preferred a nice casino dress. It does, and there's that little bit um, where he they're kind of getting into those new outfits and he's like smoothing down her hair and stuff, but for me, I think the part where he really starts to see her differently, and maybe it's more effective this way because it's more about her character than her appearance, is when they're in Canto by kind of looking for those binoculars down to the Favias. And, and she's talking about where she came from, what she recognises the First Order to be. It's, it's an important character moment for him as well, because he's starting to realise the wider ramifications of what the First Order has been doing across the galaxy. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's heartbreaking to get that insight into Rose's history and understand why she feels this way. And yeah, I think Kelly does a really good job at selling that. Yeah, um, I also really love her look in The Rise of Skywalker. I love that they gave her those Leia-inspired buns because I do think that reflects the close relationship that she's built with Leia. If people have read the Allegiance comics, stuff like that, um, she really did become quite close to Leia like during that year time period between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. And I think they've spoken about how there were scenes that Kelly filmed to be with Carrie Fisher and there there was going to be more of her relationship with her in the movie. Unfortunately, we didn't get more of that, but 
I, I think that they made the effort to have her look kind of reflect that relationship with Leia, which could have been, you know, really special. Yeah, no, she did really look fantastic in The Rise of Skywalker. And I liked that as a visual evolution of the character. She definitely looked more mature and yeah, like, and, and so I know that it's canon and stuff like the visual dictionary that wrote, Rose has like risen to a higher rank in the resistance and she's in a position of considerable responsibility and that obviously isn't really directly communicated in the film at all but I do think they made an effort to convey that with the costuming so kudos on that front Mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts on Rose's relationship with DJ (sighs) like for me that's I don't really have any like overriding thoughts about the relationship but I do like the small moments you know I really like when he gives her the necklace back for mm-hmm. example, like that's a real highlight moment in The Last Jedi for me. Um, it's obviously it's just them turning on a dime, you know, how these characters perceive each other. Because in that moment, Rose is like, oh, actually, maybe this guy isn't so bad. Because oh, she no, gives him she gives him the necklace as like a last resort thing. You know, you can tell she really doesn't want to do it because it means so much to her. And then when she gets the necklace back from DJ, that obviously means a lot to her, you know, because she's like, oh, God, I thought this guy was a complete mercenary why is he doing this this is awesome but yeah then as you say it gets upset and spoiled very shortly after yeah i think that's what's quite devastating because when they meet dj dj in the cell at canto bite they're both equally skeptical and rightly so um but i think it's quite heartbreaking really how rose kind of goes through that cycle of trusting him and not and then when like you say he gives the necklace back I think at that point she's surprised and reevaluating things only for it to then be turned again when he betrays them to the First Order. Um, yeah, that's quite difficult if you think about how much Rose must hate the First Order, like really from her childhood to see those effects. And, and then this character who she's just begun to trust betrays her that way. Yeah, exactly. Is that awful lesson of maturity i guess isn't it trust no one (laughs) (laughs) that's obviously that i'm joking that's obviously not the message of the last jedi but it is just showing those bumps along the road essentially and how you are going to encounter these morally dubious characters essentially yeah in terms of the stuff that they did end up cutting from rose's arc in the last jedi i think my big thing that i wish they'd kept in actually that was actually filmed unlike the stuff uh, in the formal wear, was her biting Hux's finger. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That's such, such a, a great, great moment. I'm really sad that was deleted. Yeah. I kind of think that was great for Hux too, but yeah. they must have had a lot of fun filming that. But yeah, that I mean, that more than anything really shows Rose's <laughs> deep contempt for the First Order and people like Hux who have done <laughs> such damage. Yeah. Um, but at that point, she feels like she's got nothing to lose. So... Yeah. Have you seen that since the Rise of Skywalker, there's been this real rise in Ginger Rose as a crack ship? And obviously it's like so predicated on her biting his finger. It's like, wow, what a start to a relationship. (laughs) I think it's that. And I think it's honestly also people expressing their disappointment that Finn Rose wasn't developed further. Yeah. I know for me, that was actually a big disappointment. I was really invested in their relationship. I thought it was important to both characters. Yeah. Um, obviously, we see them interacting to an extent in The Rise of Skywalker, but it's nowhere near the same. We don't see that same level of affection between them. Yeah. Um, so. Just a good old pat yeah. on the shoulder. 
I know. I'm, a bit, I'm still upset about it, to be honest. But. It is a real pity. Should we talk about that, like, romance and relationship in The Last Jedi a little bit? So obviously yeah. we've talked about the early stages, but yeah, we obviously have these grown feelings that are especially from Rose towards Finn. Um, they also show Finn, like, caring about her and gradually coming to see her in a different light as they go along. So they start off in this rather combative mode you know where like rose basically tases him <laughs> and um yeah like quite rightly so because he was trying to defect with a valuable piece of resistance infrastructure but yeah over time they obviously become close and like really become devoted to each other especially rose to finn to the extent that she sees him doing something foolish in trying to save the resistance by sacrificing his own life essentially even when it won't work which is why she needs to crash into him. And yeah, she does does it without hesitation, essentially, because she knows she needs to save this man and she knows she can't let him make that futile sacrifice. And yeah, then we get to that great line from her, which is... Uh, that's how we're going to win, not fighting what we hate, saving what we love. Yeah, which is a really, really beautiful ethos. And yeah like i love it and i love the like drama and extraness of that kiss as the explosion happens in the background (laughs) that's just like peak star wars romance to me it's like it's not enough to just have them kiss you have to kiss with a huge explosion (laughs) yeah and i love that it's rose to initiate it because i feel like that is really fitting for their characters and where they're both at at that point in time i think finn is still he's kind of on this journey still of figuring out what life outside of the first order would be like in terms of genuine human relationships and how to express feelings yeah um you can see kind of the surprise on his face when she does it and um i think it is honestly regardless of what happened in the rise of skywalker or in between um i do think that's an expression of love for rose i don't think it's just a case of oh i've got to kiss you because i'm about to pass out <laughs> yes um I think it is the culmination of their relationship evolving across the movie. Yeah. Um, And I think it's really meaningful if you think about, if you have real empathy for Rose in terms of what she's going through as they meet and why she's so angry and disgusted at the idea of someone deserting after the sacrifice that Paige just made. I think that totally makes sense. And I think her opinion of Finn changes quite drastically yeah um, and you can see that in these little moments in the way that they look each other when they first get back to crate and finn is coming up with these ideas of how they can how they can fight back she kind of gives him this little smile and it's really sweet yeah no it's really adorable and you even have that whole idea of there being this relationship before they ever even met because rose obviously knew finn as this hero and really admired him for what he'd done in deserting from the first order so obviously Finn goes into knowing Rose with absolutely no expectations, no awareness of her at all. Whereas for Rose, she goes in with this investment in him and these hopes and these expectations. And then they're almost instantly dashed because obviously she sees him attempting to run away, which really leaves her a bit disillusioned because it doesn't match up with the heroic image of Finn she had in her head. But then as they go on this journey together, she comes to learn again exactly how brave and courageous he is and can be and i think that's what she's trying to save at the end of the film when she crashes into him you know she's like no you offer too much you have too much potential you have too much to give i'm not going to let you sacrifice yourself like this 
Definitely. And I I think that complements other characters' arcs and the overall themes of The Last Jedi really well. The idea of meeting your heroes, quickly becoming disillusioned when you realise they're real, fallible people with their own fears and insecurities. And then seeing that kind of reconstructed as you build them up and recognise them and accept them as the person that they actually are. Yeah. Um, I think that's done really effectively with Rose and Finn. Yeah. No, it's another example of how well-planned and thought-out that movie is. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also love how that whole idea of saving what we love. Like, I don't think it's as consistently handled in The Rise of Skywalker, but I don't think it's completely forgotten either. I think the character who obviously really gets to enact that is Kylo, because mm-hmm. he gets to save what he loves when he saves Rey at the end of the film. Yeah, I do in general think that Rose's line has really held up in terms of the overall themes of the sequel trilogy and the saga as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think it really sums up beautifully that central ethos of Star Wars, um, it being about compassion and love and being selfless. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that line has completely taken on a life of its own. And I see it elsewhere, like not even in the context of Star Wars. It's just become this like iconic line in pop culture, which is pretty amazing for a character who was just introduced in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just did such a brilliant job with her. No, they did. It's awesome. And yeah, on the subject of saving what we love, I think we should also mention that there's that awesome GoFundMe in Kelly Marie Tran's name. Yeah, it's called Saving What We Love. We have a link on our Twitter profile. I can send it out again when this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and yeah, it's to support the CyberSmile Foundation, which is about educating people on the effects of cyberbullying. Obviously, we all know the history of Kelly Marie Tran on social media and how this fandom unfortunately treated her when The Last Jedi came out. Um, but I, I think, I would like to think that a large portion of the fandom has kind of realised that is not the way to behave. I would really, really like to think that. Yeah. Um, and kind of address it and recognise it and understand the potential effects of social media and toxic fandom. Um, so I think that's a really worthy cause. Yeah, no, it's definitely worth lending your support to um, in order to do something positive and yeah like just try and make a difference for the better which is obviously what rose would want people to do as well so and yeah for people looking for more rose she's obviously explored um a bit more in the last jedi novelization by jason fry uh yeah i think jason fry actually does a really amazing job building on rose's anger and kind of getting more from her perspective yeah and that grief over losing Paige and then that kind of informing a lot of her earlier interactions with Finn um, even when they're still on the way to Canto Bight and they're there and her being kind of frustrated with him and there being this miscommunication between them until he starts to really understand the loss that she's experienced Um, and again just kind of coming back to what Ryan did with the character but how Jason Fry was able to build on that I can't speak to how important it is that these male writers allowed a female character, especially a woman of colour, to have that sustained anger and grief. Um, Mm. So often that is denied for these characters. They're not really permitted to have a full range of emotion and display emotions that aren't positive and can be difficult and almost taboo. Um, I think The Last Jedi in general is really striking because Holdo, Leia, Rey and Rose are all depicted with full ranges of emotion and lots of anger and frustration and that's really important to us and I think it's the reason that movie spoke so well to a lot of female fans. Yeah, 
No, exactly. And there's no judgment. It's just acknowledged as part of the wholeness of these characters. And yeah, it's really beautifully done and like very well portrayed by all the actors. Um, there are quite a few novels and comics where Rose's relationships with other characters is explored because, of course, in The Last Jedi, she's mostly interacting with Finn. Um, so a book called Cobalt Squadron by Elizabeth Wine um, is set just before The Last Jedi begins, and that's mostly about her relationship with Paige. And it leads right up to just before The Last Jedi starts, where they actually say goodbye to each other, which is all the more tragic, because we know what happens next. Yeah. Um, her relationship with Ray and Poe on a mission together in Spark of the Resistance, that's after The Last Jedi, obviously. It's really nice to see Ray and Rose interacting, because, of course, we were hoping to see more of their relationship in The Rise of Skywalker, and it didn't happen, unfortunately. Um, and how her and Ray kind of play off each other when they're on a mission together in the Allegiance comics as well. They can't, They go to Moncala to find more allies for the Resistance, and it's just really nice to see those characters together. Yeah. And it's great, great artwork as well. And the protectiveness that Rose displays, uh, her concern for Leia is really touching too. Yeah. No, exactly. So there's lots of little tidbits of Rose content out there. Um, And hopefully there will be lots more, to be honest, because I don't know what the plans are, like on the publishing side of things, in terms of how free they are to explore the sequel trilogy characters now. But I really hope they are. So I think there's so much more to be done, you know, with these characters. And there's so many more stories they could tell. Like, I would love to see a novel that's all about Ray and Rose. Just them Ray and Rose on an adventure. Just the two of them. And let them, like, become friends and have that female companionship that, especially Ray, I think, was lacking her whole life. And, yeah, I just want to see more, basically. Yeah, I don't know what happened to the character of Janna at the end of The Rise of Skywalker. I know she is like at the Resistance base because we see that interaction with her and Lando. But if we could get interactions with her and Rose, I would absolutely love that because Naomi and Kelly interacting on the the press tour for The Rise of Skywalker was a highlight for me. Yes. Those those two together were just such a delight. They clearly get along really well in real life. Yeah. So if, it, if we could get those characters together, that would be wonderful. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Did you see that some people are saying that they're going to move in together and be roommates? Yeah. I think uh, they gave an interview at the premiere. I think it was with Anthony Carboni from the Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think they said something about that. So Okay, awesome. Well, I really hope that comes true because, yeah, yeah just make it real life, basically. <laughs> Even if we don't get Rose and Jana stories, at least we'll get real life Kelly Marie Tran and Naomi Aki stories. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. if you want to see more of Kelly Marie Tran, I would really recommend the show Sorry for Your Loss. I think it's a Facebook uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an amazing series. She plays this character called Jules, who's the sister of Elizabeth Olsen's character, and um, she's grieving the loss of her husband. And she's a great character. It's a lot of fun, and it deals with some really heavy topics in a really effective, powerful way. So, I am really excited to see where the rest of Kelly's story goes. I think she is an amazingly talented actress, and I think she has a lot of potential. And I hope lots of people cast her in amazing things. Yeah, I think My she's going to be a um, like, I think she's going to be a voice in a new Monsters Inc. animated series that's coming to Disney yeah. Plus. So I know that Disney clearly like her, and they're giving her more opportunities, which is brilliant. That is good, and I would love it if she was cast in an upcoming Ryan Johnson project. 
Oh my god, yes. Imagine if he made another like Knives Out mystery and we got Kelly. Oh, that'd be yes. so good. Yes, that would be amazing. So I think that wraps up the main part of the episode, which is like our thoughts on the character of Rose. And we could go on and us. on, but yeah, no, exactly, we could, but no four-hour podcasts to edit this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so what we wanted to do is really move over to some emails and messages we've got from listeners. Um, so off the top, we actually got a lovely voice message from Blast Points, which I will magically edit in with post here. So yeah, thank you guys. We're very happy to have your submission. And yeah, we really appreciate that Rose Tico love. Hey, Rachel and Kirsty, this is uh, Jason and Gabe here from Blast Points. We saw that you were doing uh, a tribute episode to Rose Tico and we love Rose so much we had to send something in. Yeah, in a movie full of amazing characters and wonderful excitement and adventure and drama, Rose is right up there with the best of them. So, Gabe, when you think of Rose, what what does Rose mean to you? Well, there's the normal stuff. She's a she's our first Star Wars character who's kind of a normal person that rises up to become a hero. She teaches Finn about good and bad and how the world is. She introduces us to Master Codebreaker. <laughs> we we got to give her a thank you just for that. And ultimately kind of becomes the, the living embodiment of Star Wars with basically verbalizing what Star Wars is with the, the iconic, that's how we're going to win line, which I won't even say because I'm sure everybody's going to say that. But just for that reason alone, she is like Star Wars made flesh. Everything you just said, plus I would say I love that she has the resistance, the the rebel alliance, whatever, the ring, and she gives it to the boy in in the stable and at the in the end after he calls the broom to his hand with the force and he looks up in the in the sky dreaming we get that shot of the ring in that end moment of last jedi we get that that fantastic message of hope for the future i think that's all kind of in rose's character where when we first meet rose she's alone and sad in the basement of a ship. And by the end of the film, she's the one saving the day. She's the one, yeah, like you said, being the embodiment of Star Wars. And she is Star Wars by the end of The Last Jedi. And her message of hope has spread to a young boy somewhere in a stable that one day could be a Jedi. And she's great. Kelly Marie Tran is fantastic. It's a great character. I hope we get more Rose in the future. She loves space horses. Like we all do. <laughs> we all wanted to hug that father and ride it around by the ocean in the moonlight with Finn. We were all jealous. So I'm still jealous. So, and we can't forget she was also the conduit through which Ryan Johnson brought Star Wars and the classic TV show, The Young Ones, together with her getting to yell cliff as they almost fall over the cliff riding their space horses. Again. So many gifts from Rose Tico. She's kind of like the Star Wars Santa Claus, just giving Star Wars gifts to the world. Thank you so much, uh, Rachel and Kirsty from Scavengers Horde, for doing a Rose Tico episode. We're honored uh, to have one our, our tiny little part of it. Uh, we love your show. And, um, yeah, we can't wait to hear what everyone else says. Yeah, thank you so much. Now we get down to the beach and circle back around. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you, Jason and Gabe. That was such a wonderful message. You totally summed up my feelings on Rose too. She is just an absolute delight and she is really at the beating heart of The Last Jedi, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, thanks for sending that in. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's really nice to let people hear something other than our voices for a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only message that we got uh, as a voice recording. I think other people were maybe a little shy, but we do have a lot of emails to read out. So thank you, everyone else who's who sent something in. Um, the first one is from Katrina. She says, Dear Rachel and Kirsty, first of all, thank you so much for the podcast you two do. Yours is my favourite Star Wars podcast, and I really appreciate the work you do for feminist Star Wars fans. I also think you have the best metas and commentary analysis. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Rose Tico is one of my favourite characters in all of Star Wars. She's currently my profile pick on Twitter, AO3 and Tumblr. As a woman of colour, I really appreciate the representation Luan Tran's role brings to the story. As an anti-war lefty and human rights activist, I appreciate her character's anger over the military-industrial complex and her pointing out the injustice of exploitative wealth. As someone from a low-income background, I really appreciate her journey as a girl from an oppressed community, discovering her strengths and abilities amidst imposter syndrome as she rises in the resistance. I went to Harvard Law School on financial aid and felt Rose's same awkwardness and discomfort and imposter syndrome until I found myself in my resistance community of public interest lawyers. What I love about Rose and why she is relatable to me is that she isn't an outright badass. She grows into her own. By taking Finn on a journey, she helps him wake up, get woke, to issues they face. And along the way, she realises how much power she brings to the table. She knows intimately how the First Order took everything from her community, shell them down. There's no time for excuses, for apathy, in the midst of that truth. Her experience in itself is a strength others don't always have. Her intelligence, bravery and compassion make her an inspiring hero in the end. I wish they did something, anything with her in Tross. I have spoken. Thank you. <laughs> That's, That's a great, such a great email. message. <laughs> Thank you so much for sending that. I totally agree. And we didn't really speak to Rose's political beliefs. And I've got to say, I really appreciate someone being critical of capitalism in a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's extraordinarily revolutionary, isn't it? When you think about it, it's like, yeah, like they even show the rich assholes that they're that she wants to bring down. Essentially. Yeah, there's an amazing bit in the adaptation, the Last Jedi comic for Marvel, where she's on the Favia riding through the town and she actually says out of the way, rich people. <laughs> oh god i wish we had that line in the movie that would have been yeah, awesome it's amazing <laughs> thank you katrina yeah no, that's really awesome thank you right so the next message is from mudasir and yeah so i will read this out when i first watched the last jedi i wasn't quite sure what to make of rose as time went on and I began to analyse The Last Jedi more, I realised Ryan Johnson's Star Wars had more depth in its story, characters and cinematography than any other released Star Wars. In revisiting the movie over and over, I realised who Rose was. She represents the idea that not all heroes wear capes, use laser swords, drive fast ships or are in the spotlight. Rather, Rose and Holdo show that heroes can be the people who are behind the scenes, like the engineers and officers on the Radus and that they contribute a lot to a cause in different ways. In Rose's case, we see her jail deserters, infiltrate a Star Destroyer, and free abused animals. People like Rose also teach important lessons to the heroes and audience. Were it not for Rose, Finn would have given himself into hate, and his death would have been in vain. 
Rose also teaches Finn and the audience that living and protecting what you love is more important and more successful than destroying what you hate. In fact, Rose's story could also be applied to the entire film and maybe the true theme of Star Wars, love will save you, hate will destroy you and fail you. I've been dwelling on that line Rose says about saving what we love. It helped me re-examine how I want to approach life during a time where I'm also going through many personal issues, including breaking up with a friend, parents divorcing, seeing so many fan communities become toxic and getting made fun of for not being man enough by some family and friends. Rose made me realise instead of focusing on trying to fight everyone, I should be encouraging others to bring out their best qualities and I should be working towards a cause I believe in, not through hate, but through love. The fact that Kelly has remained so strong during this time has been really inspiring. I feel really sorry and saddened she had to go through so much undeserved harassment, and if I could ever meet her I would want to say thank you, and that you've given hope to people who have none. I've always really enjoyed her music on YouTube, and from the interviews of The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, I think she's a genuine and wonderful person. Both Kelly and Rose encourage us to be our best selves. While I wish she was given more to do in Tross, I'm going to focus on living my life the way Kelly and Rose would have wanted me to, encouraging the good in others and saving what I love. It's a really beautiful email. So thank you very oh much God. for sending that. It's really moving and well-written and such amazing sentiments. And yeah, I feel quite moved right now. It's been I know, lovely. I'm actually crying. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's just lovely, isn't it? And it shows the power of these stories and these characters, you know, and how they can make such a positive impact to people's lives. You know, so I think anyone who would like scoff at a character like Rose or act like she's unimportant somehow, I would show them this person's email. You know, because if a character can even change one person's life or change their perspective in the way that this person's perspective has been changed, that's powerful and that's important and that's worth having. So, yeah, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I hope Kelly knows how important this character has become to people. Yeah, like I think it was great that on the Rise of Skywalker tour, she was given that scrapbook by fans with the really nice messages and the artwork. So hopefully looking through that did really encourage her and make her realize yeah this has all meant a lot you know and I've made a difference to these people and these people really love the character that Ryan and I worked so hard to create um so yeah it's really lovely um yeah god I've got to pull myself together here <laughs> <laughs> stiff up okay. a lip Kirsty stiff up a lip Come I'm not on. so good at that lately I feel like I've been crying on every episode oh. recently it's, it's, oh, it's a, just... a heavy time to be a Star Wars fan Kirsty be kind to yourself yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's an emotional time okay yeah this message is from Kiri Rose was an instant favorite the moment I first saw her on screen in a franchise that usually doesn't actually let its female characters grieve the fact that that first scene we see her is mourning her sister alone was a revelation I agree. I also deeply identified with her social awkwardness, but her determination to plough through to do what is needed regardless. I also loved how she was never sexualized, how we never had to have a glow-up moment in TLJ, as much as we all know that KMT is drop-dead gorgeous in formal wear, but she was still allowed to be the initiator in her own romantic arc. As a woman who is rarely particularly femme and occasionally straight-up gender non-conforming, this made me feel seen and appreciated. She also has so many funny moments and manages to play earnestness with real heart, which can be hard. Finally, I cannot overstate how much that's how we're going to win, not by fighting what we hate, but by saving what we love has been a paradigm shift for me. I don't always live up to it, but I do try. 
So much love to Rose and Luan Kelly Murray Tran. Oh my God, I'm going to cry again. <laughs> These so are such good. wonderful messages. Yeah, they thank really you, are. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And I also love that um, the point was made that it is actually really nice to not have that glow up moment. So obviously yeah. I know that we went on this extended tangent about, oh, we really want to see Rose in a beautiful dress and she'd look so awesome. Like, and I don't take that back because I'm a superficial bitch sometimes. And I just want to see characters in pretty clothes, you know. It's not superficial. I think it's that we all have our own ways of expressing our gender and our identity. Yeah, and of course. Different ways I, I really appreciate that there's a diversity of that in Star Wars and especially in The Last Jedi really because you know you have a glamorous character like Holdo who challenges Poe's perception of what a leader in the Resistance should look like um, but like Kiri says we also have Rose so we have a diversity there and that's really important. Yeah no exactly so the people who want the pretty dresses and stuff they get that representation and yeah then Rose is just allowed to be her ungarnished self pretty much you know and she doesn't need a fancy dress for her inner beauty and the beauty of her soul to shine through yeah which is really lovely do you want to read the next one mm-hmm. yep so the next one is from secret shipping bot on twitter <laughs> sorry i love these names um rose tico is my favorite thing about the last jedi a film packed with things i love She's brave, steadfast, intelligent, perhaps a little inflexible. She's a catalyst for Finn, for sure, but she's on her own journey. I love that her message that saving what we love is different and better than fighting what we hate is a lesson she learns herself on Canto Bite. Kelly Marie Tran imbues Rose with so much warmth, humour and light that she leaps off the screen. Rose Tico forever. Oh, very nice. (laughs) Indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, this is from Claudia. Hello there. I've seen your tweet and wanted to write something as well. I hope I'm still in time. You are. Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank you about everything and for doing this. It's rough being a young woman in the fandom as it is right now. So thank you for this and the positivity it radiates. Rose Tico. I resonate so much with her. I also happen to have a strong relationship with my sister, but she lives in another country. So at times it's hard being away from one another. I think the beauty of Rose is that she does what she thinks is right. She's brave and has a kind heart. She's amazing also because she's just a normal person in a positive way and still rises to the occasion. She's also smart and I'd love to be as capable with my hands as she is. I don't get why people are constantly degrading those characters that actually are the most realistic ones. Rose is amazing in her own normal yet unique way and I'm thankful for Kelly Marie Tran. She deserves the world and I hope to see her soon. Thank you again and sorry for the long answer. May the force guide you to kindness always. Oh, I love that. May the force guide you to kindness. That's so lovely. Thank you, Claudia. Yeah. I agree. And I really relate to Rose for that reason as well. I have really close relationships with my sisters, but they live in different countries as well. So just seeing that on screen was really special. Um, Yeah. You know, we have Luke and Leia as a sibling relationship in Star Wars, but in a weird way, it wasn't really a sibling relationship for a lot of the original trilogy (laughs) Uh, because obviously we get that reveal in Return of the Jedi so over the decades since then and obviously of course through a lot of the extended material and just kind of how our perception of Star Wars has evolved during that time we've kind of recontextualized a lot of what goes on in those movies uh, some places more successful than others depending (laughs) on what's actually happening between them Um, but yeah, this is the first time other than that, right? Like that we've had a proper sibling relationship that way. 
Uh, you get a lot of found family in Star Wars. I think Ray and Finn particularly have a very brother and sister-like relationship. Um, but Rose and Paige is really special, and I thank Ryan for that. Yeah, no, it's really great. I think Claudia also makes a really good point about the fact that for some people it seems like they're aggravated by seeing such a air quotes normal person in a Star Wars film. You know, someone who like is just quite mundane in many respects. And yeah, like, I don't know, part of me wonders if it's maybe this whole idea of Rose is a perfectly ordinary person, but she still takes all these extraordinary steps and makes such a huge difference despite being an ordinary person. And I think to some extent that might be a bit harder to stomach, you know, it's just like, God, if this character can make a difference, maybe anyone can. <laughs> and that's really powerful when you really like the character and really relate to her because then you're inspired by that idea. But if you're like of the like position well nothing's wrong nothing needs to be fixed then yeah i can see that character rubbing you the wrong way so it's like stop inciting change we don't need change it's like yes we do mm-hmm. yeah you've got this fully realized character who's a woman of color and she's going places and she's affecting change and it's really inspiring yeah no it's awesome okay cool then i will read out the next one which is from monica Hi ladies, when The Last Jedi came out, I remember many fans on Twitter writing like crazy that Rose was a gift to the world that we do not deserve. It's with a bitter taste in my mouth that I must realise now how foretelling that sentiment was, considering what happened to her character. Rose is the beating heart of Star Wars' ideology, in the sweetest face you can imagine. It's the embodiment of everything hopeful and positive that Star Wars has always been. It's being open-minded, going beyond appearances, and stubbornly fighting for what you care for. It's bringing out the best people have to offer, and all this despite suffering heavy loss. She's the very antithesis to cynical narrative. Even now, those of us who continue to fight on Twitter for a better narrative, for, for, for coherent storytelling and character arcs, carry her banner with pride. Hashtag Rose Tico deserves better. Hashtag save and what we love. Thank you for your podcast and your engagement. Oh. You're very welcome, Monica. Thank you for sending that. Yeah, no, thank you. Lovely messages. All of these messages are lovely. And yeah, I'm glad that people are still fighting for this character because, yeah, she deserves to be fought for. And we shouldn't give up hope on having more stories about Rose that do her more justice. Absolutely. I, I'm confident that we'll get more in the future at some point. Yeah, exactly. I don't think The Rise of Skywalker is the end of her story by any means. Okay, this one's from Natalie. Hi guys, I'm a huge fan of the podcast, so I just wanted to tell you quickly why I love Rose so much. We first see her in the context of her sister Paige's noble sacrifice, so immediately she is established as part of the collateral and fallout of the noble sacrifice that Poe pushed for. Then the culmination of her character, and fortunately, since the rise of Skywalker does not expand in her, is how she actively chooses to value Finn's life over his sacrifice. I think it's a beautiful perspective to add into Star Wars, so I'm grateful to the character of Rose because she so consciously deconstructs the idea that individuals are expendable to a larger cause. She exemplifies the value of human life, and there's so much more to her as well, but I just wanted to talk about one of the things that makes me love her so much. Thanks for all your podcasts, and especially this one. (laughs) You cry. Are you in cry time again, Kirsty? I'm emotional. I think all of these messages are so amazing and they're far more eloquent than we're able to be. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's how I'm feeling as well. I'm like, shit, we didn't cover half of this. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's what they're for. But I totally agree. There's so much to this character. That's the thing. And I, I just think 
it's so seamless what Ryan was able to do because as Natalie says, there's that amazing contrast with Poe's arc um, and what he was initially pushing for at the beginning of the movie, how he just kind of went in. He wasn't thinking strategically. He wasn't really thinking em- empathetically about his fellow soldiers. Yeah. Um, and we see that in the losses and the mistakes made. And he does learn from it, but at incredible cost. Like it can't really be overstated. Um, and I think... Rose's valuing of human life, as Natalie says, is a really powerful contrast to a lot of the things that go on in Star Wars in terms of like stormtroopers being cannon fodder, unfortunately. Like that's still a thing, even though we have Finn as a deserted stormtrooper. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there that is kind of background that you're not really encouraged to think about, but with this character, you really are. Yeah. No, it's really awesome. She just represents so much that's good and valuable in Star Wars. It's awesome. Okay. Next email from Trisha. This is a little difficult for me to get out because every time I try to talk Star Wars, wherever I go, very, very few people share my viewpoints on the franchise. My little group of friends liked The Last Jedi to varying degrees, but I think we all enjoyed and liked Rose and Kelly's performance. Any media with appropriate Asian representation will get a kudos from me. It was a bonus that she had the same name as my mum. I liked all the characters from The Force Awakens, but seeing Rose made me really happy. I empathised with her, even though she was the younger sister and I'm the older one. I still felt her loss of Paige and her character's journey. And I like how realistically Ryan portrayed her character. She wasn't motivated by a man, nor did her role in the Resistance rely on a man. She had her own beliefs, morals, strengths and weaknesses. Those beliefs and morals are why she accused Finn of running away. Not whatever the internet keeps squawking about. (laughs) I was so happy she got a stand innovation at Star Wars Celebration and JD was proud to work with her. And then the erasure of Rose was becoming too obvious to ignore. I hated it. Rose means a lot to me as an Asian teen where there's almost no representation. And I hate what the writers, merchandise and fans did to her and to me by extension. Her last line in The Last Jedi is literally the thesis statement of the essay Star Wars is. That's why I love her so much. Thank you so much for sending that in. That's a really powerful email. And it is, thank you. Yeah. It just is so shitty, you know, when people relate so much to the character and then they obviously personally feel let down when the character is let down. To be positive, all I can say is I'm happy we have this character to begin with because whatever the Rise of Skywalker did or did not do will always have that wonderful story for her and that journey for her in The Last Jedi we'll always have Kelly's great performance as that character and just her grace and intelligence when she's talking about Rose and Star Wars more generally. So yeah, we'll always have those things and she 100% deserved better in The Rise of Skywalker. And yeah, I hope people continue to keep loving this character and like banging that drum for more Rose because yeah, people need it and Star Wars needs it. Yeah, I agree. It is really important for us to focus on the story that we have with the character, but it's difficult because you also don't want to gloss over what they did. Of course, um, yeah. Because, you know, as she says in this email, it really did hurt people. And I would really like to think that JJ and other people at Lucasfilm and Disney would understand that. Yeah. Um, Because it's kind of a weird situation because... Um, you know, we had this Where's Rose campaign during the marketing for The Rise of Skywalker because a lot of us were noticing that she wasn't really turning up in everything. 
Um, she was on very few of the posters. I think there's maybe one that she was on. Yeah. Um, there wasn't very much merchandise of her. I have a t-shirt with Rose and the word rebel emblazoned on it, but there were also versions cropping up where she was actually removed from it, which is really strange. Um, and <laughs> I remember we were kind of like trying to find the positives as the marketing was going on. And we were like, maybe she's not being marketed because she plays this really important role and they don't want to spoil it. Like, that's how much we were looking forward to seeing Rose. We were so invested in this character. And, you know, Trish is right. When JJ said that at Celebration, that he was the most grateful to Ryan because he cast Kelly, that gave us all a lot of hope. Yeah. And I don't know how intentional or thoughtless that was of JJ. I don't know what he was thinking as he said that, but I struggle to see it as genuine in hindsight. Yeah. Because even if they're telling the truth that there was a lot of stuff that they ended up cutting so that they had substantial stuff with Kelly filmed. You'd think by that point they would have some general idea of how important this character was going to be for the overall story. And that's a bitter pill to swallow. So I don't know if anyone at Lucasfilm would ever listen to this. Probably not. But it's it's really hard for a lot of us fans, especially to women of colour who loved this character so much. Yeah. so invested. And it's it's pretty devastating. So we're all taking it pretty hard. Yeah. No, it really sucks. I don't mean to tell anyone to not be angry or not be upset about what was done to Rose in The Rise of Skywalker. It warrants being angry about. Okay. Um, This last one is from Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Um, From the moment I saw Rose Tico on screen in The Last Jedi, I saw myself in her. I was immediately endeared to her character. When we meet her, she's allowing herself a moment of vulnerability, to feel and to grieve and to cry. I'm so grateful that Ryan Johnson introduced us to her in that way. Then we see her getting starstruck. Kelly makes all the right choices as an actor, elevating the written character of Rose as a fully rounded person. Throughout the movie, Rose shows us the sides of war we often ignore. She has heart, she has grit, and she perseveres. And at the end of the day, she delivers one of the biggest lessons in all of Star Wars. That's how we're going to win. Not by fighting what we hate, saving what we love. This line means so much to me. It reminds me every day to focus on what I love and what will create positive change. At Star Wars Celebration Chicago in 2019, I made a button called the Rose Tico Defense Squad and gave out to my fellow Rose fans. I think we have one of those, actually. Um, (laughs) In October 2019, I had the opportunity to give one to Ryan Johnson and much like this note, tell him how much Rose means to me. I'm so thankful for Rose and for Kelly and for this character that is just good. That's so lovely. And what a great note to end the podcast on as well. Like, yeah, so there is such a strong following for this character and there's so much love and support for Rose. And I think that's really what this endeavour with this episode demonstrates, if nothing else, because we've had all these messages and they represent such a wide spectrum of engagement with this character and how she means so much to people in all these different ways. And I think that just points to the richness that Ryan and Kelly were able to achieve with Rose, because yeah like she means a lot to people but it's not just in a 2d way you know she's a 3d fully rounded person with all these emotions and these experiences and they really resonate so yeah there's real beauty in that yeah and throughout all these messages we're seeing like common themes there are a lot of reasons why she resonates with a lot of people but there are a lot of reasons she's a really rich multifaceted character who has this relationship to all of these different themes in star wars She's used so brilliantly. She has an amazing relationship with Finn throughout that movie. 
um i'm so grateful for kelly and ryan for bringing her into our lives yeah and i think she has enriched the sequel trilogy in immeasurable ways and star wars in general and like you said i'm really excited to see more of rose and i'm really excited to see more of kelly yeah exactly i think it's just safe to say that star wars is better off for having rose in it and yeah kelly has been an absolute icon like to be honest as a person she's a legend and i wish her every success and i hope she gets awesome roles and great opportunities moving forward because she amply deserves them so Mm -hmm. yeah rose tico forever so good we love you kelly thank you to everyone who sent us a message we really appreciate the time it took to send those in yeah no it was really awesome to see so much engagement and yeah this whole exercise makes me think we need to do more of that to be honest because yeah like i just felt invigorated reading people's messages and like they often made me appreciate new angles to the character you know that maybe i hadn't thought about as much before so yeah it's really awesome Mm -hmm. i'm rachel and you can find me on stars nonsense on tumblr I'm Kirsty, and you can find me at Bastila Bay on Tumblr, and we are both Scavengers Horde on Twitter. Until next time, bye! Bye!